1: We receive a small percentage of however much you pay for whatever you bought, nothing extra for you, but a tangible contribution, if small, for us. You could also sign up for a free trial with the voluminous audible.com. We get something out of that too. We thank you for the support and allowing us to continue presenting Krishnadasa's excellent talks. First, I'd like to thank you for your teachings and chanting. Also, for the clarification this morning, that I always thought it was sugar cubes that did that.
2: That it was what? Sugar cubes. Sugar cubes, yeah. That led to bliss.
1: And now you're telling me something else. Yeah.
2: I actually never did any sugar cubes.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I haven't since then, those days, used sugar cubes, I've only used sugar.
2: Sugar cubes. They used to drop acid, little drops on acid. For those of you who are too young to remember. They used to drop little acid on sugar cubes. But we found better ways as time went on. But Anybody got any? Sometimes I think, you know, I'm so fucked up. I can't do anything. Maybe I should take a huge dose of acid. I actually think that sometimes. I haven't done it yet. Last time I did acid was... 1972, in the mountains in India, I asked Maharaj, I said, Baba, I want to take the yogi medicine. That's what he called it, the yogi medicine. He said, OK, take it when you're in a calm and quiet and in a cold place. So a few months later, I found myself relatively calm in a cold place. So I took it and I fell asleep for 12 hours. Guess it was too old. You see, we had been I mean, maybe you need some background on this, okay? <laughs> Ramdas start at the beginning. Ramdas and Tim Leary were kicked out of Harvard for experimenting, actually partying, with their students with acid because they found that it did amazing things for them as psychologists. They were actually studying what happened to the mind under the influence of this chemical. But what happened was they all went completely nuts. So they got thrown out of Harvard, and uh, nuts in a good way. And uh, then, so Ramdas went to India, uh, and he brought some acid with him. And his idea was to give it to holy people to see if somebody actually knew what it was because it had changed his life so much. But he still couldn't actually tell you that he knew what it was. And uh, so he did. He came, you know, he would give it to sadhus and babas and stuff. Some would say, ah, nothing. Others would say, you got any more? You know? Anyway, so when he met Maharaji, uh, you must all know this story. Do you know this story? I'll take that as a no. So the first thing that happened, he he came to Maharaji. Now, on his way to the place where Maharaji was, the night before, he walked out of the house he was staying in to go to the bathroom. There was a little outhouse. And he stopped about halfway, and he looked up at the stars, because he was up in the mountains, and the Himalayas are unbelievable. And in those days especially, there was no pollution or anything, and the stars are extraordinary. And as he was staring at the stars, he began to think of his mother, who had died six months earlier from cancer of the spleen. And he was feeling very close to his mother. And he stood there under the stars for quite a while, and then went to the bathroom and went to sleep. The next day, they got in the car, and they drove about 12 hours, and... At the end of the day, they got to the place where Maharaji was. And Ram Dass was not interested in meeting any Hindu gurus. He was completely uninterested. He didn't want to know. So he stayed in the car, and his guru, Bhagavan Das ran up the hill to see Maharaji. So finally, after a while, some Indian devotees came down and said, you know, the Baba would like to see you. So... They said, we'll watch the car. He was worried about this Land Rover that he was taking care of for a mutual friend who had gone back to America. He was very attached to this car and worried about it. So so he walks up the hill and he, he stands in front of my heart. He doesn't bow because he's not gonna bow. You know, he's a psychologist, a Harvard psychologist. Who's he gonna bow to, this little old guy in a blanket? Meanwhile, Bhagavan Das is lying down there crying with his hands like this. And Ram Das is standing there like this. And Maharaji looks at him and he said, something like that. You feed people in America? Yeah, that's good. He said, you came in a big car? Yes, he said. Will you give it to me? Ramdas got red in the face, like, well, "What is this? What kind of a scam is this?" You know. And then Maharaji looks at him, and he said, "You were out under the stars last night." Ramdas says, "How does he know that?" Maharaji says, "You were thinking about your mother." Ramdas began to tremble. He said, "She died." Yes. And before she died, she got very big here. He said, yes. And then Maharaji, who spoke no English, said, spleen. And Ram Dass fell on the ground, crying uncontrollably. His heart had just exploded. And that's the moment that he became a devotee. That, he, that his whole superstructure, of personality, and ego, and all the bullshit just fell apart. And this is what Maharaji did. He wasn't a teacher, he wasn't a lecturer. He is that living presence within us, and so he sees himself in each one of us. and He knows where that is. And he knows what to do to give you a taste of it so that you can see it. If we don't see it, we don't believe it. And it's only through doing a practice that gradually we create the circumstances that we will experience, that beauty that lives within us. So the next day, then they took Ramdas away, crying, and cried all night, and bring him back the next day. And Maharaj looks at him and he says, You have some medicine? Yeah. Would you give me some? So Ram Das takes out some aspirin, thinking maybe have, Maharaji has a headache. He says, nay, nay, the yogi medicine. The yogi medicine, what's he talking about? He must mean acid. So he takes out, he had four or five pills of acid. He takes it out and he puts it out in his hand. Maharaji takes him and throws him in his mouth. Enough to put a horse on the moon. Ten times. And they sat around all day and nothing happened. Maharaji twinkled no less than he usually twinkled, and no more. And for this, Ramdas was very, this meant a lot to Ramdas because it meant that Maharaji was in place beyond LSD, beyond anything a chemical could do to your body. He was rooted in a consciousness that was way beyond that. This was very important to him. So, uh, to add to that story, Haram Das came back to America. He stayed about six months in India, and then he went home, and I met him shortly after he came back. And uh, after about a year or so of ra- traveling around the States with him, I decided to, that it was time for me to go see Maharaji. And, uh, the thing was that Maharaji had instructed Ram Dass not to talk about him. So all he did was talk about him <laughs> 24-7. Except he never said his name, right? In India, there's a million Maharajis. Everybody's Maharaji. The sweeper is Maharaji. The guy who brings the milk is Maharaji. Everybody's Maharaj. So there was no way to know who he was just from that. So anyway, I'll skip my part of the story because you probably heard it, and if you haven't, buy my book. So, because I want to tell you about the acid thing. So, about a year later, Ramdas came back, and we were traveling all around India. Now, while Ramdas had been in America, he would tell people that Maharaji, you know, took all his acid, and people would go, "Yeah, right." After a while, he began to have some tiny little doubt. Yeah, I mean, maybe, it's, maybe he threw it over his shoulder or something. I mean, how could anybody take so much acid? But it was just a little bit of doubt, just this much. So one day, we were traveling. Oh, this is a cool story. Maharaji told us we were in Allahabad uh, at Dada's house, which is uh, one of his great old devotees. And Maharaji told us he would meet us in Brindavan, which is another town about 10 hours away. He didn't say when he'd meet us in Brindavan, but he said he'd meet us there. So we had agreed to go on a pilgrimage with Swami Muktananda around South India. To tell you the truth, we didn't want to go. We wanted to stay with Maharaji. But Maharaji said, you said you're going to go, now you'll go. So on the way south, we left Maharaji in Allahabad and we headed south. But we said, you know, he said he'd meet us in Vrindavan. Maybe he left and went to Brindavan and we won't have to go south. So we drove to Brindavan and he wasn't there. So we headed south and we had a great time Did pilgrimage to Swami Muktananda. It was fun. So then we come back north and we head towards Brindavan, to the temple in Brindavan. I'm driving and we come up the road from Matra, which is the town, and then on the way to Brindavan, there's a right turn you have to make on the Parikrama Marg, the road that goes around, the holy path that goes around all of Brindavan. You have to make a right turn, and the temple is just about a little ways down that road. But I don't know. I was spaced out. I missed the turn. And we had to go all through the bazaar in Brindavan, these tiny little narrow streets with this Volkswagen bus, Stuck behind cows and rickshaws and people in the street. It took us about fifteen or twenty minutes, let's say twenty minutes, to make that rounds through the bazaar and get back to where we missed the turn and then go to the temple. Twenty minutes. Okay? So we get to the temple, it looks deserted, right? There's almost nobody there. We walk in and there's the Chokidar, the guy who the guard. And the pujari, the guy who does the worship. And we said, you know, is Maharaji here? Maharaji? We don't know where he is. We haven't seen him for months. We were destroyed. We were counting on him. He said he'd meet us there. He has to come. How is he not going to be here? Really, you know, it's like the, the intensity of the... Disappointment was so intense. Anyway, so we go back out to the car. I put the key in the ignition. I'm just about to turn the key on. And this little Fiat pulls up next to us, screeches to a halt. Maharaji gets out of the passenger seat of the Fiat, walks right into the temple, doesn't even look at us. And we go, what? So we ran into the temple, and we had a great time with Maharaji. And then this I'm going to tell you the story of what happened when we were sitting with him in, in the temple. But let me also tell you, later that day, I spoke to, there was also an Indian man in the car with him, aside from the driver. And I said, you know, how is it that you, you came here today? He said, Maharaji woke me up. I was asleep in a room full of devotees. Like, they slept in a... So many people came, they slept in the living room, like, you know, shoulder to shoulder, you know, like this, like on the floor. All night, they didn't care. He said, Maharaji tiptoed over all the devotees, picked me up, carried me on his back out of the room and threw me in the back of the car. I woke up a few hours later on the road. And we were on the road... I didn't know where we were going, but we're driving. So then, many hours later, we come to the outskirts of Brindavan. And all of a sudden, my heart just says, Stop, pull over. So the driver pulls over, turns the engine off, and they sat there for 20 minutes. I'm going to let this sink in. You realize what I'm just telling you? They sat there, the 20 minutes that I missed the turn and went through the bazaar. He timed it for us to have this ultimate disappointment, the suicidal depression that we missed Maharaji. He timed it, and I blew his timing by missing the turn. So he stopped. They sat there in the car. Nobody did anything. They didn't get out to pee. They sat there until 20 minutes went by. Then my heart said, Jello, let's go. And they arrived just as I'm turning the key. Now I know it's hard to believe. Believe me. I know it's hard to believe. Unfortunately, I was there. And I'm telling you what happened. And I got this story from... Guruddha Sharma, the Indian devotee who Maharaji picked up and threw in the car. This is what he did. So it's not only that he had all the siddhis, all the powers, and knew everything, but look at the way he showed you all that. The way he inculcated true faith and understanding by blowing your mind over and over again with these silly little games. But he did that. He actually did that. Okay. So later in the day, we're sitting around with Maharaji. There's me, Ramdas, a couple of other people. Maharaji looks over at Ramdas and he says, uh, When you were in India last time, did you give me medicine? Ramdas said, Yes. Maharaji said, Did I take it? He knew that Ramdas had this much doubt. Ramdas said, I think so. Oh. Got any more? Yes. Give it to me. So Ramdas takes the acid, he holds it out on his hand like this. And I swear to you, this is what Maharaja did one pill, two pills. He did that four times. And then we just sat there. Actually, what he did was, all of a sudden, after a few minutes, he pulled his blanket up over his head. And then he would open up the blanket and go. And he would blanket down. There. And Ram Dass started to turn purple. Because he thought, oh my God, he really didn't take the acid last time. He wanted to prove he could do it. Now I've killed my guru, right? (laughs) As soon as he thought that, Maharaji just dropped the whole game. And he he said something really unusual. He said, yogis have known about this for thousands of years. It used to grow up in the Kulu Valley, which is a place up in the mountains in India. A yogi would go. I hope I don't put all you yoga teachers out of business. However, this is what he said. A yogi would go, he'd do yama niyama, asana pranayama. He'd be there in retreat and bring his mind to one point, and then he would take the soma, he called it soma, and go through the door. That's what he said. So it seems that Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Is a manual for taking drugs. (laughs) For taking soma. Soma was a plant that grew and still grows, which has the ability, very much like LSD, to take you through the door. The important thing you have to understand is you just don't take it and like wander around town. You bring your mind to one point, which is not easy, as we noticed, as we started with today. The whole point is, bring your mind to one point. Yama niyama. You don't do bad things. You do good things. Asana, so you can sit. Pranayama, you quiet your breath. Pratyahara, you bring your mind slowly to one point. Dharana, you hold it there. Dhyana, you're really holding it there. Boom, you take the soma, go through the door. It's not a game. It's not a business. Okay, it's America. It's a business. But it's not a game. This is real. Because it has the power to take you through the door. If your mind's all over the place, nothing, you're just going to get all kind of weird hallucinations. And you're not going to go through the door into reality. Which is obviously where Maharaji lives. This is the way he taught. This He was not... This is the way... Just being with him every day just changed you. It just reformed you, stretched you out like silly putty. It just, it just removed your old ways of thinking because you were seeing miracles, what you would call miracles, every day, all day. I just want to keep reiterating. The idea of all this is that your worldview and your view of yourself is transformed.
1: Thank you for listening to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. We really appreciate your support and hope you'll continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com slash kd and clicking on the donate button or using our amazon.com portal for all of your purchases. Thank you. Namaste.